Institute podcast. I'm Carol Malinsky, Director of Content and Curriculum for the Institute, and joining me today is my sidekick, Robin Swift, who's the president of SLI. Hi, Carol. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. Peter Malinge, who is from the country of Kenya, and Peter is an avid servant leader. He is the president of Transitional Leadership Development and he is also a doctoral student at the Gonzaga uh, University program, which specializes in servant leadership. Great to have you here today, Peter. Thank you, Carol, and thank you, Robin. Very nice to see you. So tell us a little bit about transitional leadership development. Uh, transitional leader development is a vision that I got 2011 when I first attended a servant leadership workshop at Daytron, which was being conducted by uh, Tony Baron. Mm-hmm. Uh, after after that, that workshop, I went home thinking about servant leadership. And uh, during the course of my studies, I was doing a course on leadership who are in transition. And then I realized that leaders, they have, leadership is a journey. Yes. And that, that journey has got ups and downs. There are some navigations that one has got to go through. And I looked at it and I said, okay, this is all about transition. A leader is on transition. The journey is about transition. So uh, I I came up with that name, okay, Transitional Leader Development. And uh, the goal of that organization is to help leaders to know where they are at in their journey. Mm-hmm. You remember we are all growing old. <laughs> we were born. And as we were born, then we grow up. And then we have stages of life development, even in physical and in everything. And then there are some, so, 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 some stages in life where you find person is active. And you find that there are other stages in life where you find a person is not active as he was when he was either 40s, 30s. And then you find that when a leader or when a person comes to over 50, you start seeing him changing. Maybe when he was growing up as a young leader, he was aggressive, he was abrasive, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you look at them, when they get to 50, they kind of slow down, you know. And as they head to 160, you see a, a parenthood in that leader. You know, he wants to nurture others. And that's why I came up with that, uh, with that name, 
uh, uh, transitional leader development is a stage. And then you find that when a leader gets it to over 60, uh, there are some things that he will start doing that he could not do when he was 40, when he was 50. And as he heads to 70, you find that he is mellow, and you find that now he's, he's, he, there is something that he wants to do. And I realized in many leaders, they do not know where they are at such a certain time in their aging period. Mm. And I, I realized it is very, very important for a leader to know what he is supposed to do at such, such a stage of life. For example, when we get to 50, when we get to 60s, it's about giving out the experience that we have learned, that we have accumulated all these years. And when we come about to 70s, it is about time to give out, to give, and then to let go, and then to hand over the, the, the leadership position. And during this process, especially when we get to about 50s, this is the time to start preparing who is coming to take over. You start preparing, you start mentoring others, leaders to take your position. And the worst thing I have come to realize is that people are caught up by age when they do not know. So the essence of this transitional leader, leadership development is to make a leader understand and be aware to utilize his time properly when he is at a certain phase of life. Peter, you brought up a, a lot of great things in that uh, response, so thank you for that. And I think you're underlining as a servant leader um, just that emotional intelligence part, right, mm -hmm. and self-awareness. Yes. So you're helping leaders understand, you know, their transitions through the journey mm -hmm. of being a leader, yeah. um, which are many and always evolving, right? Mm -hmm. I think what's so interesting about your story, Peter, you know, we first met you, as you mentioned, about seven years ago at a, a workshop at the Institute, and you got inspired and you started reading books and about servant leadership more and more, and you just nurtured yourself with knowledge and talked to a lot of experts. Um, and then you went back to your country and you've done some amazing things with it. Tell us some highlights, if you will. I know we could talk, I mean, I'd love for hours about all the, the progress you've made there, but tell us some of the main highlights of going back and just one person, influence group, all that you've done. You, you know, it was so amazing when I came to the first workshop and I talked with Tony Baron and Tony Baron told me that this is something that you can do. And I asked him, how can I do it? You need just to go and invite people and start teaching them. And I remember I started, I because I, I have a, 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 a religious background, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I have a pastoral background. So when he told me, I said, okay, I'm going to call my bishop back in Kenya and ask him to ask some people so that I can talk to them about a servant leader in transition. And 
And then I, I told the, the, the bishop, please make sure that you don't have more than 10 leaders because I did not want to be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I asked him, I just want only 20 uh, so that I can introduce them. Mm -hmm. you see? And then when I, get, uh, when I went to Kenya, that was 20, I think it was 20, uh, uh, 2011, uh, August, and then the pastor the bishop had organized the meeting. And uh, when he passed the word about what I was coming to teach, that day I received over 50 senior church leaders. Wow. When I entered the room, I was scared because I came I went a little yeah. bit late. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was nervous because that was the first time to address church leaders in my life. Mm. So... When I went into the room, which we had uh, rented, I found over 50 pastors eagerly waiting for me. Mm. It went on well, and at the end of it, they told me, this is what we want in Kenya, and this is what is needed in Africa. Mm. And please, can you continue coming? So since that time, I kept on organizing meetings, organizing meetings, going back and forth from, from U.S. back to Kenya, doing the same meeting. And I, then we started getting invitations, whole corners of our country. I went, I, I, I traveled uh, 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 almost every, every part in Kenya, teaching them. And they started, the meeting started growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. I remember one meeting we had over 500 pastors, wow. leaders who came for two days. And that is the time when the governor of a, of a state, of a county where it was, he was, he, he had, there was that big meeting and there was this guy, he's a Kenyan, he lives in the U.S. and he's doing this sovereign leadership thing. And he said, okay, what about sovereign leadership? But let me go and listen. So he came after lunch and when he came after lunch, he sat and he told uh, the, 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 the person who was facilitating, I'm going to be here for only half an hour. Uh, I just wanted to see this guy at the just say hi to him and welcome him into my county. <laughs> so after that, after he was given time to introduce himself and to thank me, he said that he, let, he, he told me I'm going to stay for only that meeting me, me, minutes because I have another meeting somewhere else. So the governor stayed and guess what? I saw him send one of his his help us to get him a notebook so that he can start writing. Uh -huh. He can write down what I was teaching. I was expecting him to go. Uh -huh. That session was taking two hours. He never went. He stayed for three hours. We closed that day from two up to five. And at the end of it, he asked me, Peter, how can I meet with you? I told him I stay in Nairobi and it's about where we were doing that meeting, it is about uh, 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 300 miles from Nairobi. He told me how look for you. But then one day I woke up and then he, he, I received a call from him. He tells me, I want to meet you. And then I asked him, do you want me to drive? No, I will come to Nairobi. 
And then he asked, we met with him, and he told me, what you are teaching is not only for church leaders. Mm -hmm. It is for all of us. And this concept of servant leadership and a leader who is on transition, this is what we need in Kenya and in Africa. And if Africa could grasp this concept of serving others, Africa would be a mighty nation. Wow. Unbelievable. And then after that, can I organize for you a meeting to come and share with my staff? Uh -huh. Ask him, how many are they? Expect to get about, uh, about 300 senior, senior staffs, or not the junior ones. So he organized for one day. And when he organized it, he ha after, after that meeting, the staff said, this is not a one-day thing. It is supposed to take three days because what this guy is teaching us is amazing, is changing. And then again, he asked me, can you come? <laughs> for another two days, he organized another yeah. day, and then we did it for another day, and then we 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 taught them for two days, and then we gave them certificates of attendance the way mm -hmm. servant leadership they do here, yeah. and they were happy. And then at the end of it, the governor asked me. He called me for a lunch again. He he, he took me out for lunch, and he asked me, Peter, how can we help you? I told told him my dream has always been to build a school for leadership in Kenya. But you know what the problem is to get a, a land. And he told me, you mean you want a land? Yes. I'm, I'm going to make sure that you get one. <laughs> so after, after about two weeks, he calls me again and he tells me that go to the office and we have allocated you a land. They will show you where it is. Unbelievable. Something, and I asked him, how much am I going to pay? Nothing. Oh, my. And to get a land in Kenya for free is impossible. The land that he gave, we received as an organization through his office is three and a half acres, and he is worthy, I think, uh, that is... Uh, it's almost about 90,000 US dollars. Wow, that's, that's just so, such a powerful story how you, you, you acted upon this inner feeling you had upon learning more about servant leadership and, and look all that's happened. I mean, it's amazing that part and it, it leads me to ask you you know what's your personal mission if you will your your purpose what's what's driving you what what is your purpose how would you describe it you know you know i want to say my this my, my purpose is to to serve people i grew uh, i i grew up in a family of nine we were poor. And what our mom told us, be your brother's keeper. Mm. 
share the little that you have with your brother and with your sister. And never leave your brother, your sister in a problem. And he, when you see an opportunity to help your brother and your sister grow up, help him. Little did I know mom was a servant leader boy. Hmm. Yes. And she gave us that message of serving one another. And all my life I grew up serving my family, my father's family. I'm the second born and, and, and my brother and myself, we lost so many opportunities so that we can serve our brothers. And so what actually drives me to serve others, to see other people grow, to see other people's life change, is what I received from my, my mother. Mm. And that's one thing that as I've, I've, I've aspired in my life to do. And even, even, even now when I do not have anybody to take care of in my father's, I think I find myself going out helping people. Even when I came over here in the U.S., the church where I was attended, I, I, I was attending, I, I started a ministry of serving the community, this, the, the homeless people. We would go to the street, bring them into the church, feed them, organize how they could get, 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 get clothes, especially when it is cold, I would really ask church members to bring blankets, we give them out, and uh, we started giving them food every Friday down in Escondido. So and that was my passion. When people's lives are transformed, when I see people growing up, when I see people realizing their potentials, I think that gives joy. That makes me feel I have done something for somebody. Mm. A real lasting meaning and purpose. Yes. For sure. Mm. That's awesome. And, 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 and I, want to, I want to say, if, even in Kenya, even in Kenya, me, I go how. We, we, this mini, this organization we have, we have gone out teaching people how to serve one another. And the, the governor who, who has understood and gotten this concept of, of servant leadership, he has been declared the best governor in Kenya. Mm. And his county, it has become like a benchmark. Mm -hmm. This Last week he called me and he told me that there's going to be a national prayer in Kenya and it's going to be done in my county. And they want to learn more about servant leadership. What is this thing I have introduced in my county called servant leadership? Serving other people is life satisfying. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, Peter, you, uh, well, that just was very touching. Um, you had wanted to talk today about humility and patience in a servant leader. And 
that certainly, what you just shared with us certainly fits right in with that. What, why do you think, and what do you think is so powerful about humility and patience when we want to serve? You know, I have been studying leadership. I've, I've really done a lot of studies in leadership and I've done research on great leaders who have ever left an impact in their lifetime. And I have realized that these people had one thing in common, that's humility. They were humble people. If we may go back to the Bible, you see leaders who really were influential in their days and they had a daily walk with God and through God they performed great things. They were men of humble heart. And they look, 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 look up even, 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 I was reading the story of Muhammad, <laughs> the father of Islam. Mm -hmm. That guy, he, he was an humble man. It, or even when you read all the, the stories of all other church religious, religious uh, leaders, look about the Buddhist, the, 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 the Taoism. Look at their leader. They uplift the word humility. They were men and the women of humility. And I have come to realize that You cannot impact the life of others unless you are an humble man and you are an humble woman. Think about Mother Teresa. Such a humble whole lady. Think about people like Nelson Mandela. They really displayed a character of humility in themselves. And humility is one thing that people want to see in a leader. Nobody wants to be led by a person who is arrogant. Yes, they, they, may, you, they may allow you to lead them. No one wants a boss who is arrogant. No one wants a leader who is prideful. Yes, they may decide they are going to stay under you because they don't have a choice and they want to make money. But their heart is not there. Mm -hmm. They are just working so that they can meet their own goals. But their heart is not in that office. Their heart is not in that organization because your heart, the leader's heart, is not in their heart. So, 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 if you, if, if one want to touch a leader and he want to be a successful leader in an organization, I think the concept of humility is one thing that one has to learn. And you know, you you, you know. 
I was studying the world that I was going back to Africa and I found out that humility really means going on that on the floor <laughs> it, it really and, and I saw because there are some tribes in Africa if, if, if I go to my boss I would really kneel down or maybe I would go and humble myself before him Mm-hmm. And I was reading the word humility. It comes from uh, from a Greek. Uh, e, e, from a it's a Greek word. It's a it, it's a Latin word, and it means from the heart. Mm. It doesn't. It means from the heart. And look at people who have ever and the leaders who have really done great things. They started from nothing. They were humble men. Mm-hmm. They were humble women. So, so then you find that humility calls a leader to be humble before even those whom he is leading. And humility, that, it's, a, it's a concept that sometimes has been confused. It, People say it's about weakness. How can I be humble man and humble woman when I am a CEO? No. Actually, humility is power. Because when you humble yourself and your leaders, or maybe the people whom you serve, they see and they notice your humility, those people will serve you better. And they will serve the organization better. They will give themselves to the organization. They will give themselves to you. You know, you, you know where I come from. You know, when I receive, when people seize my humility and the respect that I give to them, they stop addressing me by my name. They will either call me, if they are my juniors, they will call me, they will, call, they, they, they will start call, addressing me in a respectful manner. But when they don't see that kind, they will never bother about calling me, giving me a name of respect. But when, and I have known that People, when people see their leader and humble leader, when they see that concept of humility in that leader, they respect him. You never ask for respect. People will respect you. Mm-hmm. When people, they realize, they see your humility, because humility comes respect. You respect them. Mm-hmm. A person who is humble, you don't, you know, you, you don't need to ask him to respect others. It comes naturally. Naturally. So help us with this one. We are not born with a lot of patience or humility, right? Yes. We think of you know the children the like me, me, me. Exactly. <laughs> so how does a person acquire the qualities you're talking about? I mean, there's influences like you talked about from your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a bit about this transition um, of a leader with humility, leading with humility. 
you know, let me tell you something. <laughs> Humility is something that I have known that sometimes it is not easy. And I have known one thing. Did you know that there is nobody who knows they are prideful? <laughs> it's only you or me can understand this guy, <laughs> this lady. Yeah. She's prideful. And humility is something that I think you, somebody can learn, and I want to say most people actually, people, they, they, they are born you, humble guys. They, are, they, they just get it from the environment that they grow up. Mm. And they, okay, let me come into a, into a working culture, you know, in an employment, in an organization. Yes. If an organization, if the leader of an organization is an ample man. His followers, all those who work under him, they will learn humility from him. And if a leader is prideful, or maybe if a leader is corrupt, <laughs> if a leader is arrogant, if a, if a leader is bully, you see, look at his followers, they are always bully people. They are bullying. They are corrupt. They are pride. So, so what I mean is that humility is a concept that can be learned from a superior. Mm. And it, if, 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 if a leader wants to have followers who will be humble, then he has to show it. The organization that I lead in Kenya, many people, they say that I want to be like Peter. And then I ask themselves, why do you want to look like But they tell me, you're such an humble man. How do I know that I'm humble? I honestly tell you, me, I do not know that I'm humble, man. <laughs> yeah. I do not know. It's something that I do not know, but I hear it from other people. You see? And then humility comes with the patience. You cannot claim to be an humble man if you, if you lack patience. Because, for example, let me tell you, the people that we lead, even in the organization that I lead in Kenya, I have all kinds of people come to me. And when they come to me, sometimes I sit down and ask, what is my number one goal to this person who has come into my organization? Is it to serve the organization? Or maybe to serve under me? But my one priority is to help this person to be transformed. If these people they do not they lack humility, 
I help them to develop humility. If these people lack patience, I help them to develop patience. And I've got to be patient with them. Because one day I lost a very great guy who came to our organization in Kenya. I think that was 2012. The guy was this kind of, okay, come on, let's do it. 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 <laughs> come on, let's get the results. And uh, the guy was moving in a, such a speed that I, I could not control myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to sit down with him and tell him, do you know that we can... And then, then he was, no, he told me, okay, no problem. I can just go and if you cannot keep up with my speed. But later on when I, I realized that I needed to be patient with this guy. I needed to learn something from this guy. Hmm. So, these two concepts of patience and humility, they go together. Mm -hmm. Yes, great example. You cannot divorce <laughs> humility from patience. Because you've got to be patient with people. Mm -hmm. People come to you, and some of these people, when they come to you, you are an employer, you are the CEO, you are the, the president of an organization. They come to you, and the, some of them, they have been crushed. Some of them, they are looking for a place where they can go and they find the joy of life. Some of them, they are looking for a person, for a boss, or maybe a supervisor who would really understand them. Mm. I met with, a, with, with, a, with another guy in Spokane, and he was telling me that, me, I'm tired. I want, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to fire this person and then I ask him why I mean I cannot stand this guy why because one one two one two one two three I saw there were valid reasons but I asked him can you try to take out this guy out for coffee after work and they get to learn and understand him better I, and then and then he asked me I know you won't listen to me I told him just try just take him out for coffee and then get to know him because he met you there. Uh, he's your junior. Just try this. Just you are a leader. You are the one to show him light. And then he, he asked me, "Okay, okay, Peter, I'm gonna try it. See what he." Guess what? When he came back, he's the one who called me. He told me, "Thank you, Peter. You helped me because I understand this guy really." He doesn't have his family members near him. Mm. And he, he told me that when he got a job in this organization, he thought that I have found a family. Mm. That's where the concept of patience comes from. 
That is so just, oh, I'm sure everybody is just listening to this. It's just like Carol and I like, wow, because there's so much in we are asked, how do you do servant leadership? And to me, you're giving our audience a tool of patience. Mm. And when we meet people where they are and get to know them and build relationships, we are becoming better people ourselves and better leaders because we're understanding where this person is at. Mm. And it can be that simple. It's a game changer, Mm. right? So I love how you're putting these two together, humility and patience. And Mm. this is just a great lesson, right, Carol? And just what it takes to be a servant leader. Absolutely. You see, one thing I have realized since I met you guys, <laughs> I have realized one thing. People talk about servant leadership, but rarely do they walk servant leadership. Men, they all understand the 10 characteristics of servant leadership. They can sing them. Mm-hmm. But it is only from the mouth. It's not from the heart. Mm-hmm. And when they come from the heart, they come from an humble man. Come from a man who is patient. Yes. yes. And the, if, if we want, I usually say, if we want to see sovereign leadership become impactful and become a game changer, let us be authentic servant leaders. Let us walk the, the talk. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I was, gonna, I was going to ask you a question about, you know, tangible ways to um, become more humble. But I think we've heard that message from you. I hear that you must be reflective, mm-hmm. be able to examine your own heart, mm-hmm. and that you must be an example for those around you and really that's the tangible way mm, mm, is to mm. be that example as a leader mm. so that the younger ones or less experienced or they might even be older but they're lost yeah they're lost um come to you and feel that they can come to you mm. and that you will be patient mm. and give them what they need to hear mm. so those are those are very very important ways as you say we can Mm. be impactful Mm. servant leaders and intentional Mm. about what we do Mm. so Peter what's the dream what do you dream about when you dream I dream of a generation of authentic servant leaders in my country that's my dream number one, and I always when I when 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 I think, I ask myself, God, I ask myself, how can I change somebody? How can I change my community? And how can I serve them? And it doesn't. It, it, it does not mean that my community is in Kenya, no. Every time I wake up in where we stay in in Spokane, I ask myself, how have I served somebody today? How have I served my students? 
sometimes I would just say, okay, do you know what? Let me arrange the desks. Because <laughs> I would just decide to go before classes begin mm. and then set up the class. Servant leadership is about learning to serve. Mm. We've got to be intentional. I want to serve others. Recently, I came, uh, I, I've been asking myself, okay, now I have over 50. Um, what am I doing? And then, and then I think I got this after a lot of reflection and asking questions myself, I got my, I said that I want to develop my golden rule of life. Hmm. And this golden rule of life, I put it this way. One, to love God and to love my neighbor, hmm. to love others. Second is to be an humble man. Third is to be a patient person. And the fourth is to serve my community. My great dream is to serve others and to see leadership, servant leadership penetrate in every sector of life in my country, Kenya. And that's what I am passionate about. That's what I'm eager to do. That's what I'm doing. And that's why when I go and I meet people, I tell, hey guys, come to Kenya. Let us develop leaders. <laughs> every, uh, you, you, you know, I was attending another meeting and the people were telling me that, Peter, are we all going to feel in Kenya? Kenya is big. <laughs> come on, come on. I want, I want, I, you know, I want us to, I want, if I see people who can do servant leadership, come on, welcome to Kenya. Let us do it. Let us change people's lives. Let us serve the community. Yes, big dreams and a big country to do it in. And, yes. And yeah. wonderful. Mm. That's super. And, and of course, my, my prayer for you and us is that that dream comes true. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today, mm. Peter. It was amazing. And if you'd like to learn more about transitional leadership development and Peter Malinge's work in Kenya, you can email Peter at pmalinge, that's P-M-U-L-I-N-G-E, at yahoo.com. Or you can contact us here at the Servant Leadership Institute. That's info at servantleadershipinstitute.com. And we'll be happy to connect you with Peter. So thank you for listening today. We know you enjoyed it as much as Robin and I enjoyed it. Absolutely. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Welcome. <laughs> Come change the world. You know, servant leadership is one thing that I think is going to bring revolution in the world. If we go out and teach people to serve one another, how would you imagine if the president mm. of United States, like Trump, my president in Kenya, says that, okay, let us serve our people. We will 
can you imagine what kind of a world we shall live in? Incredible. 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 So I encourage my listeners, serve your community in humility and in patience. And you will see the reward when people's lives are transformed and the organizations make more money and grow up. servant leadership and thank you once again audience for listening to us today this is the servant leadership institute signing off if you would like to learn more about this subject and how servant leadership can change you at the heart level we recommend the sli publication our character at work by todd hunter you can buy it now on our website at servantleadershipinstitute.com and also share your thoughts and insights by emailing us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com Thank you for allowing us to add value to your day.